Welcome to the Tell Us Something Podcast. I'm Mark Moss. Tell Us Something is true stories on a theme shared without notes in front of a live audience. Everyone has a story. What's yours? This year, I'll be featuring other podcasts I'm listening to and think you should check out. This Place Scares Us is a bi-weekly podcast discussing all of the things that scare you, me, and everyone. Join Laramie and Katya as they explore movies, monsters, strange happenings, and all the horrible things that lurk under your bed. Tune in every other Sunday evening and be prepared to shake with fright and laughter. My Sunday listening schedule is plumb full, and I generally listen to This Place Scares Us as I get ready for my day on Monday mornings after release day. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and check them out at thisplacescaresus.com. The next Tell Us Something is March 20th, and the theme is Right Place, Right Time. We are taking story pitches right now to pitch your story. Call 406-203-4683. You'll have three minutes to give us your information and record your pitch. All right, let's get to this week's story. This episode of the Tell Us Something podcast was recorded live in front of a sold-out crowd on December 12th. 2017 at the Wilma in Missoula, Montana. Eight storytellers shared their story on the theme, Getting Away With It. This week's story comes to us from Lisa Venuti and is titled Ganja, Hedonism, and Burning Spear. A family vacation to Jamaica gets complicated on the return trip in a story from Lisa Venuti. Thanks for listening. I was sitting on a toilet in a toilet stall in a bathroom in the Ocho Rios, Jamaica airport. I didn't have to relieve myself. I had rushed in there to panic. I had gotten myself into a completely ridiculous situation, could be dangerous, could be life-altering, and I was trying to think of a way out, and I had nothing. So it was the early to mid-1980s, and I was in my early to mid-20s, and I had been traveling in Jamaica with my father. My father was a civil engineer, and he had been living in Kingston uh, for a few months, um, I think designing housing. And he had invited, invited any of his six adult children to come visit him. If we paid the airfare, he would take care of everything else, and I took him up on this offer. And it was the end of his stint, so we were traveling around Jamaica for two weeks and had a great time. And the last place we visited was Negril, which is a beautiful, at that time especially, small sort of town, village, beautiful beaches. And my father had made all the reservations for the accommodations, and um, he decided we would stay in an all-inclusive resort. And I was sort of not into the all-inclusive resorts, but he was a civil engineer, and to him it was very practical. You didn't have to think about, you know, where you're gonna go eat or anything like that. So we, we I'm, it may have been the only one there at the time, I'm not sure, but we arrived there, and the name of this resort is Hedonism <laughs> Two. There's a Hedonism One somewhere, I, th- I think. So, we go in, and I'm waiting for him to, to check in, and I'm in the lobby, and it's sort of tacky and a lot of mirrors around, and um, I'm watching him check in, and within 30 seconds, a guy that I, I will describe, he sort of had a, a New Jersey 1980s porn mustache, sort of <laughs> came up to me and, and hit on me and asked me if I wanted to go to the disco with him that night, and um, 
I really wasn't into it and I declined. And maybe some of you women out there, this has happened to you. Um, you're traveling with your father, you're in your 20s, you're in a Caribbean country and you go to <laughs> check in to um, this resort and you look around and you pretty quickly realize you're in a clothing optional swingers resort. <laughs> Yeah, awkward. <laughs> I have to admit though that my father, bless his engineer's heart and soul, I don't think he ever noticed. <laughs> but this was not my scene at all and we didn't spend a lot of time there. We spent a lot of time in the village and doing other things but one day I was alone and I was trying to make myself as inconspicuous as possible, as inconspicuous as a young single woman with a mohawk and painted chicken bone earrings can at a swingers resort. And I was on the beach and I was near like the, the fence. They had it sort of fenced off and I was on the opposite side of the nude, the naughty nude beach. I was just trying to, you know, read a book. And a young Jamaican woman came on the other side and asked if I wanted my hair corn road, you know, for $5 or something like that. Well, I declined because, as you can imagine, the last thing I wanted to do was walk around there looking like Bo Derek in 10. <laughs> so I declined, but I said, come on over and talk to me, but she couldn't. She said she'd get in trouble for being on the private beach, and I said, well, forget that. So she and I walked on the beach, and we kind of became friends. Her name was Nadine, and she was a couple years younger than I was, and we hung out. And she took me on her moped one day to her brother, where her brother grew pot. And I wasn't really a smoker, and I still am not really a smoker, but I thought it would be a really excellent idea to bring home some Jamaican marijuana for my narcissistic borderline personality drummer boyfriend. <laughs> and that's all one word. Um, so that brings us to the airport, where I had bought a little bit of pot and I'd stuffed it inside a, one of those plastic toothbrush containers and had wrapped it up and put it in the side pocket of my backpack and thought everything was going to be okay. And we get to the airport and what's going on but they're having everybody, the bags are being searched. And my father's ahead of me and there's one of those like stainless tables just like they have today and there was a group of young Jamaican Rastafarian sort of looking men, quite handsome, and <laughs> They were searching, they had their suitcases out and they were open and the police, I assume they were police, uniformed, were looking through everything, everything. I mean, they were looking inside bags of peanuts, they were unrolling the underwear, they were looking inside the, the top of deodorant containers. And I thought, I am busted. I am so up the creek. I just, I, I th I'm looking at my father and I'm thinking in three hours I'm gonna be having the shit beaten out of me by some tough Jamaican women wondering what this scrawny white girl's doing in their space in prison. And um, you know, I'd seen Midnight Express, it was gonna be an international incident. My father was going to lose his job. My, how was he gonna tell my mother? I was his only daughter, I was their only daughter. I was their pride and joy and I just didn't know what to do. And I, I, I ran into the bathroom, left my dad there with my suitcase. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I ran into the bathroom and I was just trying to think. I thought of like pulling it out and um, 
you know, running into the bathroom with it, but that there was a policeman over there with a dog and it seemed like everybody was watching me and that wouldn't work and I thought maybe I could pretend like I had a heart attack or I fainted or I was sick and I, that just didn't seem plausible and so in the bathroom I just realized I, I had to just go out and face it. So I turned around and I walked back out and at this time the, they were finishing up with the young Jamaican Rastafarian guys. There was kind of a group of them. They looked like they were all together and apparently had found nothing of interest and then it was our turn. And so my father puts his suitcase on the table and scoots it along, and I'm looking at my father thinking, oh, you poor dad, you have no idea what's in store for you. Your daughter is about to get busted. And I put my backpack on, and the guard or, or policeman or whatever looked at my father, and he looked at me in a very sort of uninterested way and went, And of course, the first feeling I felt was complete, complete relief, kind of like waking up and realizing from a nightmare that, you know, you haven't really lost your child or, you know, something like that. Um, but the second thing I felt pretty quickly was kind of indignation um, <laughs> at the fact that I, it did not escape me that I, I escaped because of white privilege, really. And... But I was happy, I was happy. And half an hour later, half an hour later, as we, were, as we were getting on the plane, that group of young men was in the back of the plane. And one of them must have noticed something on my face because as I was about to sit down next to my father, he got up and came down the aisle and he held out his hand and he said, darling, in his beautiful Jamaican accent, you look like you need to come back here and party with us. And well, I did. <laughs> I let them buy me a couple gin and tonics on the way to Miami. Sorry, Dad, I left him, you know, sorry. It turns out that this group was with Burning Spear. And Burning Spear was sitting kitty corner to me over there. And um, I, I, of course, it was, it was a nice time. And um, besides the flight from Miami to Houston, where we had to dump all the fuel over the Gulf and turn around and make a, an emergency landing, the rest of the journey was pretty much uneventful. When I got home to California, I gave this gift that I had risked so much for to my narcissistic borderline personality drummer boyfriend, who let me know that it was the shittiest pot he ever smoked. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Lisa Venuti was born and raised in the South Bay area of California, where, as a young adult, she had stints as a performance artist and the lead singer of a punk dirge band. She moved to the Missoula area almost 30 years ago and now teaches at the University of Montana. She also raised two Missoula-born boys who are now young men and assuredly infinitely more responsible than she was at their age. If you enjoy the Tell Us Something podcast, please help us get people's stories heard far and wide. Recommend us to three of your friends who have never heard of Tell Us Something. Thank you. Also, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Gecko Designs. The creative crew at Gecko Designs makes awesome logos that are off the hook. They build beautiful mobile-friendly websites 
for both large and small clients in Missoula and around the country. Gecko has been doing it for two and one-tenth decades. That's 21 human years and 336 gecko years. They're also responsible for the shiny new Tell Us Something website. When you're ready to get serious about your website, put a Liz in your biz. Visit the Gecko Designs team on North Higgins or online at geckodesigns.com. Blogjam presents. Blogjam presents is committed to creating a superior live entertainment experience through world-class production, state-of-the-art venues, and superior guest services. Headquartered in Missoula, Montana, Blogjam presents is an independently and privately owned live entertainment company. Blogjam is the exclusive operator and promoter of the 4,000 capacity Kettle House Amphitheater, the 1,500 capacity Wilma and the 550-capacity Top Hat Lounge. Working in close partnership with these venues, Logjam has created a unique artist and concert-goer experience that is unmatched in the Northwest. LogjamPresents.com CabinetParts.com, the number one source for cabinet hardware since 1997. Anyone searching for the best kitchen cabinet hardware at a great price needs to go to CabinetParts.com. CabinetParts.com, in business since 1997, combines knowledgeable hardware specialists with the best online shopping experience nationwide. With fast and easy ordering, free hinge matching service, and same-day shipping, CabinetParts.com is the direct source for all of your cabinet hardware needs. The Good Food Store. Supporting Western Montana farmers and ranchers for almost 50 years, The Good Food Store supports the local folks creating their own beer, salsa, baked goods, ice cream, and more. The Good Food Store is a passionate supporter of Missoula nonprofits, supporting multiple organizations, events, and fundraisers every year. Learn more at goodfoodstore.com. Missoula Broadcasting Company. Locally owned and operating four stations, including The Trail 103.3, Jack FM 105.9, U 104.5 FM and ESPN 102.9. Learn more at MissoulaBroadcasting.com. Enlightened Lab Float Center. Enlightened Lab is a spa featuring sensory deprivation or floating as a wellness therapy. They've also recently expanded to feature a sauna featuring a sun lamp to get you through those dark Montana winters. Unplug, reset, and recharge in their state-of-the-art float tanks. Learn more at EnlightenLab.com. That's E-N-L-Y-T-E-N. LAB.com. The bookstore at the University of Montana, a local bookstore serving the students, faculty, and staff of the University of Montana, as well as the Missoula community. MontanaBookstore.com. Fact and Fiction, where books, authors, ideas, and readers interact. FactandFictionBooks.com. Missoula Federal Credit Union. Find them at MissoulaFCU.org. Thanks to Cash for Junkers, who provided the music for the podcast. Find them at cashfordrunkersmusic.com. If you're interested in sponsoring Tell Us Something, email me at mark at tellussomething.org. That's M-A-R-C at tellussomething.org. Podcast production by Mark Moss. Thank you to everyone who attends the events. Those of you who download the podcasts, and most especially to the storytellers, Lisa Venuti, Brian, Dixie Rayleigh, Christy Hager, Rochelle DeVoe, Victoria Gannon, and Josh Schlotnick. Remember, your story matters. If you enjoyed this story, please share it with your friends on your favorite social media sites. Thanks. Check out the website to listen to the story archive and find out how you can tell your own story. Tellussomething.org. The next Tell Us Something event is March 20th, 2018, and the theme is Right Place, Right Time. Pitch your story at 406-203-4683. Thanks for listening.